To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to the 30 Minute Lockdown, episode 7, man. We back in the building, man, each and every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Know you're probably the platform to get your podcast from. I'm your host, Coach Defense, here to bring you episode 7 of the 30 Minute Lockdown. We're doing this thing live and direct, man, each and every Thursday, where we give you our 30 minutes or less of content of NBA and NFL news. Like, care, like, share, and subscribe as always, man. Let us know. We let them, let them people know we out here, man. Uh, we definitely do a pretty good with this uh, here show, man. Episode seven is one of our high, more highly rated shows on the network, man. So I definitely appreciate everybody that's been uh showing love for our new show, The 30 Minute Lockdown, man. It's been doing pretty well. So let's keep it going, man. Uh, giving those likes and everything like that, and uh, let the algorithm boom and get, get the word out to a bigger and brighter audience. So let's talk about some uh good topics today, man. We got uh, I think we're gonna get three of the topics in a day. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to get it in a short order, man. But I got some things I want to talk about here, and it's some good, good hot topics, man. Some good hot topics, and we're gonna start off with the NFL. So as the league uh, calendar shifts, and so we gotta get into the uh, new calendar year for the league. Uh, March 15th, I believe, is the deadline for franchise tags, and the league year will open. People got to be under the salary cap and things of that nature. It's gonna be some cuts, some shifting in uh, rosters and things of that nature. Some, you know, new people are gonna be in new places for sure, man. But um, I want to drill in on some guys that have been uh. Uh, I guess you can say, you know, been mired in controversy uh, for the last couple of years. And um, I have a really big question to ask about these three guys here. Is it time? Is it time for Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold to call them a bust? So we'll give a quick rundown of their early NFL history, the turmoil they've been through in, in, their, in their short career, and what's next for these four more first-round quarterbacks. So... We're going to talk about each one in, in short order, right? So we're going to get into uh, Carson Wentz first and foremost. So Carson Wentz and his tail of the tape is 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 this, just like this. Uh, he was drafted second overall by the Eagles in 2017. He was the MVP candidate. And he was the leading MVP candidate in 2017 before he tore his ACL. Uh, the, the team as a whole went on to win a Super Bowl. He is a Super Bowl champion, although he was injured for it. And Nick Foles took over as the uh, starter uh, to bring them all the way home into the, the title in 2017. Uh, he wasn't the one pro, I believe that was the 2017 season, although he didn't finish the season. He was good enough as a, uh, statistically to get a, a Pro Bowl vote in that regard. Uh, but after that, subsequently after that, there was a lot of turmoil in Philly. Uh, he was uh, subsequently traded to the Colts in 2021 uh, for the 2021 season. And then uh, subsequently after that, after one year being in Indy uh, during the COVID time frame, uh, he was traded to the Commanders in 2022. Uh, he has now since been released from the commanders in 2023, where they freed up about $25 million in cap space by letting him go and not having any cap penalty behind it by him being traded sub- several times. Um, he is 46 and 46 and one as a starter and for three teams. And, and I guess you can say his career spans about, uh, six years. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's been a rough go for Carson Wentz to say the least. I mean, just looking at it from a perspective that, he is, uh, like I said, he was a high draft pick, MVP candidate, and, you know, they seemed that he was on and he they were thriving with. Uh, ultimately, wins the Super Bowl, although he was not the quarterback of it. Although I would argue that he could probably, based upon why he was playing at that particular point in time, he would have been uh, the person that carried them to Super Bowl, even if, you know, he didn't get, if he didn't get hurt and Nick Foles wasn't the one that ultimately got the job done. Uh, but again, yeah, after, right after that, it seems as if things kind of fall off the wagon. I think Frank Wright wins, goes to the Colts, um, leaving them with Doug Peterson, and things, you know, fall off the rails pretty fast. I mean, you know, it's it takes a, a different and downward spiral. Jalen Hurst gets drafted on the second round, uh, I think, in 2019, and 
And all of a sudden, you know, he is uh, a shell of himself and he's not the same guy. And uh, he's been, again, bounced around to three teams in three years. And he's subsequently a free agent in this moment. So we have to ask ourselves what's next for Carson Wentz. But it's uh, not looking good. Not looking good. Next is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was drafted at first overall in uh, 2018 by the Browns. He played four seasons with the Browns. Uh, they made one playoff appearance. He was selected to zero Pro Bowls. Uh, before his fifth-year option came about, he was traded to the Panthers in 2022. Uh, he was subsequently released from the Panthers midseason as well in 2022 and was signed by the Rams in 2022 after Matthew Stafford went down with the injury, season and injury, which allowed for him to uh, be able to play for the Rams in the back end of the season. Clearly, we know the Rams season didn't go well. It was a much of uh, you know, much maligned season for sure. They uh didn't uh, have much to go on after winning the Super Bowl going air court all in. Uh, Matt Stafford hit with O line was in was in flux. Matt Stafford got hurt. You know, it just didn't pan out. And Baker Mayfield, although he had some moments, I guess you can say, with with the Rams, you know, again, it just it didn't pan out so well. And he's gonna be a free agent coming up this year as well. And he's 33 and 39 as a starter. So that leads us to Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was drafted right behind Baker Mayfield in 2028 with the second overall pick by the Jets. He spent three seasons with the Jets with zero playoff appearances and zero Pro Bowls. He was subsequently traded in his fourth year to the Panthers in 2021 as well. Uh, he was he got there first, actually, and then Baker Mayfield, who, who he got drafted behind, followed him uh, in the next season. Um, he was 21-35 and 35 as a starter. And, you know, it's not much to say about that. Uh, you know, it's not much to tell. I mean, just to be honest, which is the very, very maligned and very uh, quick and ugly career for Sam Donald up to this point. It, it really has been. It hasn't been really good. <laughs> so we ask ourselves what's next. You know, um, for Carson Wentz especially, man, I, I really feel like that he can be a backup um, somewhere. Um, at his best case. Um, but I do believe the bus tag is relevant for him. Uh, I think that he's never going to be a franchise quarterback, especially based upon how high he was drafted. You get drafted that high, you need to be a franchise guy. And it's amazing. If you go back and look at the draft history, a lot, a lot of people that have been drafted that high, most of them don't work out. <laughs> most of them don't work out. Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, didn't work out. I think he's either a, 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 a maybe a backup, maybe maybe back with the Rams in case, you know, Stafford's health is in question. Um, but yeah, I mean, best he can do is a backup as well for minimum dollars. Um, him and Carson Wentz, I don't think they're going to command or garner any more, uh, any bigger contracts that they've gotten already. And it really sucks with Sam Darnold because, you know, he, he really was the worst out of the three in a sense, from a production standpoint. I mean, Carson went, you know, team, you know, he was MVP candidate at one point and uh, his team won a Super Bowl. So he got a Super Bowl ring to his credit. Uh, Baker went with the playoffs one time. Uh, at least you can get hang his hat on that. But Sam hadn't sniffed the playoffs, haven't sniffed any Pro Bowls, haven't sniffed anything productive with the, with the Jets or the Panthers. So, uh, man, you got three people that are drafted in the top three uh, in this particular situation, and they all, in my uh, eyes, are bust. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think the best-case scenario for them is being a backup somewhere and maybe, you know, get some mop-up duty or in case a, a veteran goes down and get some time. But... You know, outside of that, man, I think they're going to be minimum dollar clipboard holders for the foreseeable future. But, hey, XFL and the USFL is doing pretty well for themselves, and they look like they're going to be around. So maybe get a job there. But I think at this point, we can we can tag them with the bus line, and it's pretty much it for those guys. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, but I think they're, I think it's pretty much enough for these boys. And I had high hopes for Carson Wentz at one point, and he's disappointed me. I never really had any uh, inkling about 
uh, Baker Mayfield uh, success. I really didn't. I really went in love with him and his size and his stature and his arrogance, to be honest. And and Sam Darnold either. I, I really had, didn't have high hopes for the Jets because I didn't think they were a good, well-run organization at the moment. Didn't have any weapons or O line. And then turn around when he get to Carolina, I had an inkling to hope maybe he could help them with their weapons that they had at the time because they had Christian McCaffrey and, and DJ Moore and, and and Robbie Anderson and those guys at the time, but it didn't pan out. So I think they're busts, and at best we're going to see them be backup quarterbacks at this point. So good luck to them, but I think because they were drafted so high and they haven't produced anything of noteworthiness at this point. It's time to call them a bust. So let's talk about some more problematic people in the world of sports, right? So let's talk about the cursed point guards, Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving. These boys have had a lot of issues in, in, in their, in their illustrious career. Um, you know, it's a lot. Of, a lot of accolades. You know, it is a much different, I guess, story than the bus quarterbacks we just discussed. Right? They got way more accolades and way more. Uh, I guess you can say uh, things to hang their hat on from a personal standpoint of things they've collected as players. Right? Um, and they aren't busts in the, in their own right. I mean, you had to go back and redraft them. You know, at in at, at 18, 19 years old, like they were. You would you most likely take another flyer on them. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't uh, blink an eye. Right. Um, especially early on in the career with Kyrie uh, winning a title early on in, in Cleveland, right? Russell with his triple doubles and his effort and it's, uh, you know, just his MVP season. You know, you would say that, you know, they were guys that you would still drafted today if you had to redo it again, right? But, you know, you would tell them one thing, you tell both of them one thing different. You would say to Kyrie, you know, stay out of the social media space and, and stay out of the media period. And you would tell Russell to figure out how to play defense and, sh- and hit a jump shot consistently. That's what you would tell their their younger selves, right? So they've had a, a lot of issues when it comes down to the the areas of, uh, you know, of where they are. Let me put it like this. They're, they're definitely different, you know, in the space, different spaces where they are now than they were when they first got, got into the league, right? So, Let's let's break down exactly where what happened with these guys in, in short order that's been problematic and why I say they're cursed. So starting with Kyrie Irving, you know, everything that glitters isn't gold. So Kyrie uh you know was drafted high, I believe number one overall by the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, while after LeBron left and you know they would have a rough season, so they got a number one overall pick and drafted him. Then he had drafted him and Wiggins with back to back of one overalls. Uh, and you know they were you know trying to you know you know trying to bring themselves back to prominence after LeBron left, and uh, once LeBron came back, they were able to cash in the title. But subsequently after that, something flipped in Kyrie's mind where he decided that he was not uh, you know I guess he felt slighted in Cleveland. I guess you, that's the word we can use. He felt slighted. <laughs> okay, so by him feeling slighted, you know he he felt as if that. You know, he could uh, do something, you know, better and bigger in a different place. So he forced his way out of Cleveland after uh, they lost the finals um, to Golden State and decided that he wanted to go force his way out to another place and he ended up in Boston. So uh, the owner, Dan Gilbert, you know, gave him what he wanted and he traded him to Boston. And that was an object disaster. You know, he got a young Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to play with and he could not make it work at all. It was an object disaster. And boy, did they underachieve. So that was bad. But then once his contract was up there, he signed with the Nets because him and, Kat and KD were planning to team up in Brooklyn. Uh, I think they wanted to go to the Knicks at one point, but they flipped to the Brooklyn, which, you know, again, as we know by recent memory, that's an object disaster. 
you know, as well. So, uh, again, you have two places where you land outside of Cleveland where, where, where just complete and utter failures. And, and now he's in Dallas. He was traded to Dallas, you know, after, you know, being at odds with the ownership in Brooklyn for a couple of seasons. And, uh, you know, and, and for my money at this point, particular point in time, we're five games in five, six games into their, you know, air quote, duo ship or marriage, you know, a basketball marriage. And they don't fit. I don't think he messes well with Luka Doncic at all. And I said this when he was sent there. I said, they don't, they don't mix. That's all in water to me. They both have the same skill set or the same idea of how they can affect the game. And that's not going to work. They both are ball dominant, high usage guys, and and I'm quite frankly, I'm sorry. That's you can't have two of those guys on the same team. That's, why don't you just clone James Harden and put them on the same team? See how it works out for you. That's basically what you got in a different route. And I don't see how they feel like that was gonna work. But maybe again, you know, and that's on Dallas for for thinking it would work and it wasn't. I, I don't know what they were thinking in that regard. They were just grasping the straws to try to find look with some help. But regardless, that that's it's a bad it's a bad fit. And I feel like this is not going to last long. They're going to underachieve this season, the back end of this season, maybe make the playoffs, maybe not. And then they're going to ultimately part ways. I don't think Kyrie's going to sign a long-term deal with Dallas. I don't think it's going to happen. So, again, you, you, your boy, uh, uh, what's the owner's name for the uh, Shark Tank guy? Why am, I, why am I forgetting his name at the moment? But you know what I'm talking about. He's going to be back at the drone board trying to find Lucas some help again. It really is. I mean, again. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but I, this, this is not a, it's not a good fit. And I'm not sure what's a good fit for a high use guy. Like, you know, I think James Harden himself had to be uh, had to pivot his uh, his or his mindset or his thinking uh, in order for him to work with Embiid. You know, uh, so I, I don't think that's going to be, a, you know, a, a thing that's going to work out well for you and who you find that's going to mark even who's going to find uh, the owner for the Mavericks. Who are you going to find a fit with Luke? I don't know. But it ain't it ain't it ain't Kyrie Irving. So yet again, everywhere he's gone, every place he's touched at this point has been object disaster for Kyrie Irving. You know, and what's 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 gonna what's gonna be outcome going forward? We're gonna get into it in a minute. But again, object disaster is everywhere he's gone. You know, I I, I love his game. I do love his game. But again, it's a, it's a solo act in a lot of, in a lot of regards, and, and that doesn't fit well with most people. Like it was almost like he has to be the one and have like a bunch of shooters and role players around him for, in order for him to fit. And is, it, is that championship winning basketball? I don't think so. But let's see pivots his thought process and, and things the way he does, how he does, or goes about things and does on what the things he do on the basketball court, he's going naturally gonna be naturally gonna be uh, a person that's not gonna achieve his goals at the end of the game. Whatever those goals are. I'm hoping there's a championship, but that's what everybody's goal should be if you're playing pro pro basketball. But yeah, I'm just not sure exactly what Kyrie's gonna do he, from from here on out, but I have an idea and I'll get into it in a minute. But let's talk about Russell Westbrook. You know, it's, it's it's widely regarded that he ran KD out of OKC. <laughs> that that's one thing. Uh, so he was there for a little while after that, um, and then he wore out his work with OKC. Uh, he was traded to Houston, uh, which again another another ball dominant guy. This is another example, another ball dominant guy with a ball dominant guy with James Harden already being there. Odd fit. It didn't work out. And Kyrie and not Kyrie, but Russell had to play off the ball get with Harden because he was the ball dominant person. He was the man in Houston at the time, MVP level person. And, you know, Harden wanted to come off the ball. So he had to play off of it and be a shooter and he couldn't get it done. You know, it was just, it was just cringy to watch him play because they played the Lakers in that, in that bubble year when he was there. Um, and it was just cringy to watch because you really saw he was like a fish out of water. Like he didn't know what to do with him not being able to touch the ball and be able to drive to the basket and do the things he normally likes to do as a player. Right. It was cringy. 
you know, Russ, you know, Harden would dribble the air out of the ball and then passing the ball on the wing, and he would like, okay, what do I do with it now? It's our, it's, it's it's eight seconds left in the shot clock. I don't know. What to do. I don't know what to do. I needed that. I needed that fifteen, sixteen. I don't know what to do with it with five, six, seven seconds on the shot clock. I don't know. It was weird. Very weird. But yet again, you know, Offit traded with Houston, lasted one season, and then he was subsequently traded to Washington right after that. Uh, again, another Offit, another bit of disappointment to a losing season. Him paired with Bradley Beal. Um. You know, you know, now what to say about that? Then he subsequently got traded to the Lakers. My God, <laughs> I, again, I'm still upset about that, but I'm glad he's gone now. Um, finally, you know, we can get over that disaster of a year and a half of ish of him being here in LA. But you know, again, I, I don't understand it, but you know, I think people are, you know, it, it's one of those things where Russ is, is, is a probably a really good person, a really good friend, but he's just not a good basketball player. Like, you know, this is one of those things where he's good to hang out with, but he can't, you can't work with him. You know, have you ever been with somebody that had a friend like that? Like, you know, for sure that they're really good hang. You could for sure, you know, get drinks with them, eat with them, you know, party with them. But I'd be damned if you can work with them. And that's Russell. That is Russell Westbrook. You cannot work with this dude. And, and, that, and that's, and that's evident. And that's why he's been traded so many times. All right. So, you know, again, another offense, another bit of disappointment, two, one and a half losing seasons with, with the Lakers. Um, and he was subsequently finally traded. You know, they figured out a way to manipulate the system enough to convince Utah to, tr- to trade for him and buy him out. He was traded to Utah, which was odd in his own right because he had an altercation with a fan there that, you know, spewed racist comments at him. You know, so it was weird that he was even brought there. So he never wanted to play there. So they agreed to buy him out. And then he signed as a free agent with the Clippers. And guess what? The Clippers have not won a game since he's been there. <laughs> so, again, you know, what Russell's issue is, more so than Kyrie, like Kyrie is more of a complimentary, can be more of a complimentary piece to another player than Russell can. Because, again, Russell is a ball-dominant person who, unlike Kyrie, can't shoot. You know, never refine his game to the point where he can shoot. He's never been a good defender now. Kyrie's not a good defender either. But, again, you know, he might get you a steal here or there, but you know, I think I would I would bank on Kyrie being a better, a more efficient offensive player than Russell will ever be at this moment. You know, so again, you know, and on top of that, Kyrie is way more careful with the basketball than Russell is. He's a turnover machine. He turns the ball over way too much. He makes bad decisions with the basketball. He can't shoot, and the only thing he can do is get to the rim and 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 run your offense at 100 miles an hour. And I'm sorry, that just doesn't fit well with today's society of basketball. And he's he's under he, he has understood that he needs to pivot his game or try to pivot his game to the point where he could be useful to another team, which is ultimately going to be a problem for him going forward, I believe. So, you know, you got two different guys with two different problems, and they're both, you know, are, you know, I want to I, I use the word cursed. I feel like they're, they're curses to other people's teams. They're curses to, curses to people's franchises at this moment. They're curses. And I'm, and it's it's harder for me to get wrap my arms around, get a behind the idea of signing up for any of these guys to play with these teams that I would root for. And I, I hate a life when he was when Ky, when Russell was a Laker. And then there's rumors that Kyrie may be a Laker after this season if he don't work out in Dallas. So I don't know, man. But I feel like they're both, you know, ultimate, you know, curses, and 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 they're their own worst enemy in a sense. So hopefully we can get past this. You know, and I don't know what what's going to happen with Russell and Kyrie for sure. But and I got an inkling and I got an idea. So we're going to talk about what I think, where we go from here. So I think that, again, the, the Dallas thing is not going to work out for Kyrie and he's going to leave. He's already, he won his last year of his deal. 
So he don't have to sign a long-term deal with Dallas if he doesn't want to. Mark Cuban can throw him all the money he wants to, but if he don't want to stay there, he doesn't have to, right? So I don't think he likely to leave Dallas. Where he ends up, maybe L.A., maybe not. Now, I say L.A. because it could be the Clippers. It could be the it could be the uh, Lakers. Who knows? You would think Lakers over Clippers, but yet again, you know, do we do you really sign up for that? And then do we really believe, like, you know, do we get fooled twice in a sense where we would say that, you know, we were fooled by Russell thinking he could help the AD and LeBron-led Lakers get over the hump when he completely took them in the total opposite direction. He tore them down. Do we really think that Kyrie's going to button up himself up enough and be a complimentary piece to those two guys in next season and enough and not be a distraction enough to be able to function and get this team to a, a title run? I'd have my serious doubts. And quite honestly, if Russell doesn't turn things around and the Clippers don't start winning games and he doesn't produce, um, you know, and impress the Clippers at all, I think they I think they move on from him after this season. And he might be out of the NBA altogether. But think about it like this. He bounced around to five or six teams in the last five years, and everybody has grown tired of him, and everybody sees what's the story around him, you know, and it, the narrative is there. It's 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 clear cut on film what, what the issue is with this guy. And quite frankly, people aren't going to sign up for it. They aren't. I mean, I don't think teams are that desperate at this moment, especially with a, with a guy you got to pay a mid-level exception or a veteran minimum to. I don't think they're going to sign up for it. They can find a young guy that can give you energy. So... I, I I feel for these dudes. I, I really do. But I think, you know, again, like I said, I think they're their own worst enemy and they got to fix their their problems if they want to stay in the league. If they don't, major money. Yeah, they figure out something else to do. So let's talk about uh, my Lakers. So let's, let's wrap this up real quick. Um, got to get this out, you know, and I, I I swear, you know, the Lakers take me, you know, here, there. Like, th- this, is, this is how I feel right now about the Lakers. Ah! Ron. Where are you? I'm in a glass case of emotion. That's me right now. I really feel like I'm in a glass case of emotion with the team. Like LeBron goes down. You know, well, let, let, let's rewind. They make a trade for Rui. They make a trade for D'Lo, uh, Malik Beasley, Obama, the Vandalorian, and Jerry Vanderbilt. They make all these luxury trades. Get Russ and, and Patrick Beverly out hell out the building. I'm happy, right? And then we turn around, come after the All-Star break. You know, we start in the trend. They hadn't lost the game since LeBron has actually played on the court with these new guys. Be, come back by 20, 27 down to Dallas and, and win the game. And I'm like, we rolling, we cooking. And LeBron gets hurt. LeBron gets hurt. So I'm like, well, damn. I said, that's, I said we're cooked. Because you're telling me from a, you know, I'm trying to get through this real quick about his injury. You're telling me that he's going to be hurt you're going to reevaluate me with two weeks and you're going to add time on to it based upon the reevaluation. He's in a walking boot. I just saw against okay against Memphis uh, Tuesday night. And then, you know, I, he didn't even show up to the OKC game. It, you know, so we don't know what's wrong with LeBron, but I got a feeling and I have a my, deep in my spirit that he's hurt bad. I think he's hurt bad. He says he's hurt something popping his foot. I think he's hurt bad. He's asking for anytime you ask for multiple opinions on your injury, trying to get you know, second and third opinions on how you can attack it and not have surgery and not end your season, that tells me it's really bad. And I really feel like he might not come back at all. You know, and if he does come back, if he's able to come back at all to play any in even in the limit capacity, it might be too late for them to even worry about competing for a playoff spot because they're already one game out of the playing game right now, you know, and they are uh Shorthanded, and I really feel like you know LeBron's involvement, whether or not he's affecting the, the stat sheet as far as scoring it or not, he's completely and utterly vital to this team in his leadership role. So 
him not being there was problematic. And I'm like, can I wrap my arms around the fact that AD can maybe carry this team and get us to the point where he could win the games that we supposed to win? And then we kind of maybe split the games where that we're kind of on the fence that could go either way. And the games we're just not supposed to win, we'll just live with it. And that will maybe be enough to make us make the playoffs. And LeBron can come back then at the end of the season and be healthy. A wing of the prayer, but maybe, right? So here's our remaining schedule. You know, we beat OKC last night miraculously. Well, again, no AD, no Braun, and these Jokers beat. The freaking thunder. And I imagine they had Shea Alexander Gildress, but they they still beat the OKC team with with D being out, Braun being out, and AD. Now, again, AD sends me through a glass case of emotion too, because I'm thinking that he's gonna finally play back to backs. He's healthy enough to carry, you know, at least if he doesn't get hurt, he we got a puncher's chance of beating teams that we're supposed to beat. And he turns around, doesn't play a back to back. For no, for no apparent reason. Like, he is no injury designation or nothing. He's just sore, and he can't play back-to-backs. So I, I, I can't get behind this dude, man. I really can't. He, he, he annoys me to no end. Like, you should be the odds-on dominant and leading person of this team right now. You just refuse to take the reins. you just rather be play. You'd rather be Robin. You don't want to be Batman. That's my issue with this dude. I, come on, now. You don't have – you'll play a back-to-back? You you give up a lead, you know. You you fight hard against Grizzlies the night before. You have a great game. You let you let John Moran go crazy in the third quarter. You end up losing that game, and then you don't play a very winnable game. Okay, see the very next night. And I'm looking at the schedule. When it gets to March 10th, we they have five games in ten days. Excuse me, five games in seven days. I'm sorry, they got they got five games in seven days, and they got a back to back in there. So you mean to tell me that he's going to play all those games and be healthy for all those games? I'm not convinced at all. I'm not. I'm not, but let, let's talk optimism for a minute, right? So in the next few games, in the next 20 games that they have left, right, they have, they actually, well, yes, yeah, it's, it's 20. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I got an OKC game on here, but they did win it last night. So I feel like they have nine highly winnable games if AD plays, right? They got OKC twice, Orlando, Houston twice, Utah twice, Chicago twice. I think they can win all those games. Highly winnable if AD plays. Right now, based upon how they played the night last night, they could they could win those games even without AD. Who knows? Who the hell knows? I don't know. Very again, I'm in the glass case of emotions. I'm up and down with it every day. Right then, I got eight winnable games. These games could go either way. They got Golden State, which actually I think will get they're gonna get Steph back for that game. They got Minnesota twice. They got Toronto. They got Dallas again. They got the Knicks. They got the Clippers and the Pelicans. The Knicks kind of playing pretty good right now. The Pelicans are falling and the Clippers are falling, but. Nick's playing pretty good ball right now, so who knows? And of course, Julian Radden, who always got extra grind against us because we traded for traded him. So I don't know. I don't know. But it is those winnable games. If you could get those games, I think we get really good shit to make the playoffs. And then you get three games, I think they're just lost causes. You gotta play Memphis again. After you give up that game against them on going Tuesday, I highly doubt that you're gonna beat them at all without no LeBron. And you got Phoenix twice, who they just walked all over, you know, the the Hornets last night. So they're playing good. So, yeah, I don't think the Memphis and Phoenix games are going to go well at all. So you got three of their lost causes and 17 games that are winnable, nine highly, eight, you know, 50-50. So what does that mean? So in these projected scenarios, if we if we get all the games I think we can get, we go 17-3, and three, best case scenario will be 46-36, and 36, and I feel like we can make the playoffs outright with that. Now, if we if we split and we go 14-6 and six with the with the with the remaining schedule, and go 43 and 39, I feel like that's going to be the playing tournament. 
But worst case scenario, we go, especially if AD doesn't play all the in this stretch, in a large amount of this stretch, we go 9 and 11 and end up with 38 and 44. That's out of playoffs. I, we're not making the playoffs at 38 and 44. I don't think, I don't see it happening. Not even the playing tournament. I don't see it happening. I don't. So we'll see. We'll see, man. But I, I, I really, I'm really not optimistic that Braun is going to play um, at least until late March, early April, if at best, if at all, if he's really not hurt all entirely. And I think he's done for the season. I'm very fearful of that. And if AD doesn't find some type of moxie and decide he wants to play uh, in most of these games, I think he has to play 18 out of the last 20 in order for us to have a chance. If he does not, I mean, we want to take the night off against the Suns, both games, and take the night off against the Grizzlies, fine. But play other, all the other games that are highly winnable and winnable, and we'll see. But I really think that unless that happens, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's not gonna end well for the Lakers, man. It really isn't. We just can't catch a break. So, so we just got to figure out you know, next year. And then if if I had my money, if I had to put my money on anything, I got to film Nico Shop AD in the offseason. That's my take. But. We'll see how it happens, man. But I'm, I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed. Again, like I said, they, I didn't expect them to beat OKC with no, with all three of their big stars being out, and they did pull it out. So, we'll see. So that's gonna wrap up the 30 minute lockdown for this week, man. I appreciate everybody's been coming through and listening to this episode, these episodes for me, and uh, again, show me and sharing this uh, about the social media space and in, in their in their timelines. Let everybody know what we're doing out here, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, man. Uh, Thursdays is always 11 a.m. In the meantime, between time, I'm Coach Defense. Until next week, I'll see you when I see you. Step up and lock it down.